Hi, my name is Nicole J. Butler, and I am also known as She Shed Cheryl from State Farm's Viral Commercial. Pete and Marissa, y'all have been busy. That's what I heard. <laughs> I have just come back up from the rabbit hole that is y'all heard, and there's a lot of cool stuff down there. Uh, you guys are funny. Keep informing the people. Y'all heard. Oh, you never echo it. I hate you. Gotta keep you on your toes, Marissa. Uh, A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. And we're learning. Okay. That you can have a bad week at work, even if you don't go to work. Yeah. (laughs) Which is not okay. (laughs) I was spite eating audibly on a Skype call today. Because I wanted them to know that I wouldn't bother not eating. Mm -hmm. So I was so annoyed. And then I kept texting everyone words that the person leading the meeting kept saying wrong in real time. I've done that at uh, meetings where I use it in a few different ways. If I don't want to be there, uh, sometimes I do it. And also, if I know I need to be quiet at the meeting, I'll bring food to the meeting. I like that. But I always bring loud food, (laughs) like an apple. Like a, just an apple that I'm going to eat. Oh, I like that. Like out of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, baby carrots. I like that. Mine probably had some slurping noises. I will just say two words. or I'm sorry, two quote-unquote words. Hierarchy, hierarchy. <laughs> when you don't know how to say it a second time out loud, you should probably not use the word anymore. It was said yeah. about five more times. In a different way every time. One time in college, I read the word paradigm off the board as paradigm, and I've never said it since. (laughs) I said sachet instead of sachet once, and everyone in the room laughed at me. Mm -hmm. I also used the word melange twice recently, which is a word, and no one in the the room knew what it was. So that is is the difference that I was proud of myself. (laughs) Once it was because two people farted at once. Anyway... Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was gross in retrospect. Not that the act of farting twice is a melange, but the farts created a melange. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> of, of odors. Instead of saying, how are you? Nobody's good right now. Give me uh, any joy. Give me joy. Joy. Anything that's been bringing you joy. I don't mean you need to induce joy in me. Just <laughs> tell me something that's brought you joy. Easter candy brought me joy. Oh, nice. Okay. Because... I just used it as an excuse to be like, well, it's here and it's quarantine, so you should eat it all in a day. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, it wasn't Easter, but that's the excuse I used for eating dumplings, chive pancakes, and a whole of, and egg rolls all in one day. Today is a belated <laughs> Easter. Because I'm not supposed to eat any of that. I had a reason to look up the movie Dumpling the other day. Oh. But um, let's see, other things bringing me joy. I would I would honestly say that most of it's probably food related because really like what okay. other joys do we have right now? Weirdly, food isn't really bringing me joy. I think it's because I can't eat chocolate. Yeah. And I realized without that, I don't care what I think. I'm, I'm I had cereal. I was like, hey, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, chips bring me a little bit of joy. Ah, um, uh, bringing me strife. I bought these Uts Carolina barbecue flavored, and I Sounds bit good. one, and I was like, this is gross. What's in mm. this? And I flip it over. Now, of course, to you, it's going to be fine. But it's like vinegar and yes. mustard seed 
and salt, and I'm like, this is friggin' nasty. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. I just wanted a barbecue chip. Aww. That's, okay, that does suck, though, if you expect. That would be like me thinking I'm going to get Ruffles, Ridges, Cheddar, and Sour Cream, and it's instead, like, main lighthouse kettle, cor- kettle cooked chips in a barrel. See, like, I would have taken those. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't like an unexpected kettle chip. I normally don't even like a kettle chip. I feel messed up, I guess, mentioning this, but um, it's not that messed up, but it just seems like, really, Marissa? I have been trying to... So I'm I'm having therapy again, Pete, and we concluded that I am working on my computer from home, periodically also on my phone. Then sometimes the TV's on, too, and if that's not happening, I also have a podcast while playing with my phone. So we concluded that I am running for my life through through digital noise. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll try to read or some shit. And then Last Podcast on the Left, my favorite podcast, made a book. And it is way more engaging. I'm more engaged in this book than I have in a long time. Where all it is is in-depth profiles of serial killers. So I'm just reading in-depth descriptions <laughs> of their crimes. So I'm not like, ooh, yeah, I love death, but I like human suffering, complexity. Oh. Which, no, I don't like that either. It makes me very sad. So that's been the only thing that keeps me away from watching TV while on a podcast, while on my computer, while on my phone at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I hey. think our... <clears throat> what? You know what brought us both joy? Getting yeah. to hang out with some of our listeners mm-hmm. on our Saturday night Happy hour. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, who came to our virtual hangout. Very nice, Pete. Very yes, yes, nice. Yes. We had a, a number of listeners. And in fact, now that I think about it, yes, every single person who attended, uh, well, not everyone, but almost everyone. And if not, they, um, they've at least listened to like one episode, I think. The one yes. person's guest possibly excluded. Uh, but so thank you, Juan. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you, Mike Dominic. Thank you, Teresa. And thank you, Charles Chichi. Am I missing anyone? I guess just you and me. Yeah, thank you <laughs> to ourselves. I had a hangover from our five-hour virtual party. Yes, yes. It kept going on for a while. And like I, in my head, I was like, oh, I mean, this is you're supposed to drink the entire time. So better just keep getting more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, no, you can't just stop. <laughs> like yeah, I drink like a bottle's worth, which is not good. I'm small if you haven't seen me. <laughs> that wasn't like a like a compliment. Ooh, like I'm thin and trim. I mean, I'm a tiny person. Yes. Okay. Anyway, icebreakers. Icebreaker. Marissa. Yeah. Is there something that you wish you had done prior to the, all this quarantine business? Uh, visited my parents again. <laughs> That's not interesting. Like, I haven't seen them in forever. Uh, I wish I had... Okay, is this assuming I knew it was coming? You have, like, an inside track, and you know that that everybody's going to have to be indoors for, like, a few months. I wish I bought a lot more, like, games, art supplies. Wish I hadn't signed a lease on a new apartment. <laughs> Wish I, uh... Everybody, send Marissa art supplies. Yeah, and come move me into my new apartment also. Use your stimulus check to send Marissa some art supplies. 
Oh yeah, I just got give that back to the community. <laughs> I wish I'd gotten more frozen foods that I actually like. I'm staring at like a half bag of Brussels sprouts in my freezer, and I'm just like, at some yeah. point we're gonna have to meet. <laughs> I've been making a lot of Brussels sprouts. Cut them in half. Cover them in oil and, like, either soy sauce or just, like, salt and pepper and then roast them and they become all crunchy. And I wish I had exercised a lot more so that when it comes to me becoming disgusting, I had started with a better slate. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Let's start that. I wish I had exercised a whole bunch leading up to it so I wasn't just, like, semi-gross turning into, devolving into worse gross. I wish I was, like, fit and trim just slowly getting broken down. <laughs> those are those. That's a good one. And all of those are good ones. I think. Yeah, I am also like I when they said I don't have to come to work, like physically go into work anymore. Mm-hmm. I do wish I kind of hopped in the car and went to mom's and spent some time there. Although you know, my mom and I get along pretty well. This could be this could be a long time though. You know. So <laughs> that's the thing. I wonder about that about me. My parents are like, why don't you come work here? One, there's no way their internet connection would handle multiple people on Netflix and two people working from right. home. But two, I love them so much. But yeah, I think that'd be rough stuff. I can't just casually drink in my parents' house. That's most yeah. of the problem. <laughs> I think I would have bought some booze. Yeah, me and people spent an egregious amount of money on getting booze delivered to our house. And just one, one four pack of toilet paper would just make me feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, before everybody went crazy about it, because I don't want to be like everybody else, just going out there and grabbing whatever I can get. I want yeah. what my butt is used to, and that is Charmin. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotcha. My butt is used to the cheap stuff. I will say, though, number two is a brand of toilet paper, N-O dot two, that I covered oh. in my... Our listeners ought to know that. Yeah, from our artisanal toilet paper episode. This is, like, biodegradable, like, bamboo-made toilet paper. Pretty expensive in decorative wrapping. Definitely, like, regular toilet paper better. Like, 100%. It feels very stiff. I, I like Scott toilet paper better. It's, like, very stiff, and I'm almost like, ew, this feels thicker. Like, i got to make sure I don't use as much of my ass so that it doesn't clog my fucking toilet. It's not that thick. It's not like a paper towel, <laughs> but it just—it just doesn't feel right. Well, it's made out of bamboo, so it'll go down smooth. I don't. Yes, as bamboos known to do. Go pandas. down smooth. Yeah, pandas go down smooth. If Speaking we're talking of- about if we're talking about big things, like again being super fit so that you could get yeah. fat, I, it'd be fun to like flirt with somebody through like texts and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, had a person You should go on a dating site now, just because you know you don't have to go on a date with them for, like, ever. Guys, I'm going to be alone because of stress. (laughs) That actually, Galito, if you listen, I love you, but that is actually why my brother chooses to not date at least anytime soon, because he said it's just not worth the trouble and the anxiety. Yeah. It's valid. You took away my beautiful segue. Oh, is it about bamboo on your butt? No, you said pandas, and I would have been like, speaking of pandas, I wouldn't be surprised to find out someone had a panda in their home, because rich people are obsessed with owning exotic animals. I just want to let you know, this isn't just me, like, just jumping on Tiger King shit. 
I did think of this because of Tiger King, because ever since Tiger King, which I liked a lot, I've been like, what the fuck? Because people keep being like, you know, all these people are willing to endure this much and work without good pay and deal with this abuse just to touch a tiger and just to be near tigers. Right. And I'm like, fucking why? And I was talking to my dad, and we were both saying, like, I don't give a shit about tigers that much. <laughs> like, honestly, totally true. Unless it was, like, a newborn tiger, you couldn't pay me to touch a tiger. I wouldn't pay you to touch a tiger, that's for sure. And you couldn't pay me to touch a tiger. Because... I think they're beautiful. They're very interesting. Things with that much power are fascinating. I mean, they're not horses, but okay. Yeah, horses are fucking gross. But, like, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. I never need to touch them. I don't even want to be near them. <laughs> so I'm just like, why do people give a shit? Again, not saying that you don't like them. If I'm in a sanctuary or a zoo, I'm like, wow, look at these big things. But, like, owning them just seems like so much fucking trouble and money. So I Googled, why do people love exotic animals? No, no, no. Wait, yeah, I did do. And then I was like, oh, I'm in the right way. And then I was like, why do people own exotic animals? And then I Googled, what's risk exotic animals? <laughs> so anyway, I kind of pivot halfway through, but hopefully I can present it in a way that it makes sense. I'm always fascinated by this question. I feel like they had, maybe it was just one episode, but I thought it was like a two-part episode on SVU about how they were like importing wild animals and like from other countries and stuff. And I was just like, really? Why? So, <laughs> so I will say, I'm, I'm interested to see what you come up with. This is unfortunate. Cause sometimes I'm having a topic and people like, I can't wait to hear about this. I'm like, I don't talk about that. <laughs> so I talked about that, but almost every article eventually, you know, got to the exotic animal trade. But I was like, I don't care. I want to know about why people do this and, like, what... And, like, I want to know more about, like, risks and stuff. Like, I just didn't care about the trade part, which I'm sure is very interesting. But today, in my mood, don't care. Mm-hmm. So I apologize. I touched on it briefly, but that is not a big chunk of this. Okay. So, I got my, my sources are Vice, National Geographic, and the BBC. All legitimate resources. Yes. Most of these articles are, like, pre-Tiger King. Or, actually, all of them are pre-Tiger King. But, like, even way before Tiger King, I mean, there's been a large demand for exotic wildlife. Owning an exotic animal... Animal? Owning an exotic animal is uh, a thing that often is, like, almost like a rite of passage for, for rich and famous people. Like, on Instagram and on social networking sites, you see, like, celebrities with their cheetahs or tigers swimming with monkeys with snakes and there's usually like luxury yachts involved and like lamborghinis and shit like it's some weird influencer shit mike tyson reportedly spent more than twenty thousand dollars on the purchase of three bengal tigers that's the thing and that i have up on my computer right now when you started talking about this oh okay yeah like tyson tiger <laughs> uh paris hilton once had a kinkajou I don't. I hope I said that right. Uh, I looked that up. <laughs> Otherwise, you like, offended somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it looks like an ugly raccoony thing. Who she named Baby Love, and Justin Bieber was in the press for having acquired a capuchin monkey, which it's speculated he got illegally, but he ended up having to leave behind with customs officials in Germany. Great. I feel like I, Jeremy Renner must have a. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> So, uh, Lisa Wethne, Wethne, 
Well, <laughs> uh, a captain wildlife is a captain wildlife manager at the Humane Society of the United States, and she said that there is nobody keeping track of how many exotic animals are in the United States. Uh, so really, all anyone could do is estimate. Uh, but according to experts' best guesses, there are currently five to seven thousand tigers in the country, and fewer than four hundred are housed at accredited, accredited zoos. Um, for primates and monkeys and apes and whatnot, that number is somewhere around actually 15,000, uh, if not much more, that are unaccounted for. And fun fact, there are more tigers in captivity in the United States than in the wild in all of Asia. So what's the deal? I just Why Googled we- exotic ducks. Oh, anything sexy? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> So what's the deal and why? That is what I really want to get to, which honestly wasn't satisfied with this is all the speculation. Uh, Lisa Wethne, Wethne, Wethne from the Humane Society. Her thought is that it's ego, plain and simple, especially when you see tigers on leashes or giant snakes wrapped around their necks. There's no doubt they're thinking about themselves far, far more than they're thinking about the animals. People who have seen Joe Exotic's documentary you know, many argue that that was why he kept all those big cats. That it might have been about the cats at first, but then it became about the popularity and notoriety he gained through having all of these exotic animals. And a lot of people see it as a status symbol, or weirdly, someone else in the Joe Exotic documentary seemed like they would, like, entice young women to come to their hotel room to pet tigers and then end up having threesomes with his wife and the women that they lured back to the room for the tigers. So it seems like it's an interesting bartering device. Some anthropologists think that social interactions with animals, for example, domestication, allow humans to develop knowledge of tools and biology. It's believed that wolves were the first animal to be domesticated by humans somewhere between 30,000 and 10,000 years ago in Eurasia. And since then, our two species have forged a mutually beneficial partnership. Our lineages uh, entwined. Uh, There's also some speculation that having pets provides therapeutic psychological benefits, though theories like that require more scientific research. I wouldn't think that that's that hard to prove. Like, I feel like that's, like, kind of like, you know, if you don't have, like, your pet can become your child. And, like, I don't, not that people have children for its therapeutic psychological benefits per se, but I think like, I don't know. It seems like a thing that's that's part of it in my mind. Now, owning exotic wildlife, you know, outside of a zoo or sanctuary is not a a new thing. Thousands of years before zoos were created, menageries, I wanted to make sure I kept that word in the menageries of strange... A melange of menageries. Yes. (laughs) of strange, beautiful, and ferocious creatures were cultivated by the elite. Uh, in 3500 BCE, the Egyptian, the capital house of Egypt housed a royal collection of captive elephants, hippopotamuses, multiple hippopotamuses. I like that and, you tried that one. <laughs> yes. And the now extinct animal that I think is pronounced or aurochs let me google what that looks like it's a type of cattle that looks boring that looks like a, a bull do better it's a, it's a <laughs> pom pompey 
a general in ancient Rome. No, it's not Pompey, and I don't know how to say it. It's a man. Pompey, I guess. A general in ancient Rome allegedly marched 600 lions and 20 elephants into the Colosseum to be slaughtered just for sport. And the Mongol emperor Kublai Khan was said by Marco Polo to have kept leopards, cheetahs, tigers, elephants, as well as 200 species of birds in his own private park. So, if you've seen Tiger King, you're like, whatever, I know this answer. But if not, you might be like, how the hell do people get these things? So, I mean, first of all, some of this trade is legal. It's not totally illegal to sell exotic animals, but there's supposed to be, like, regulation to it. So, obviously, many animals are captured from the wild illegally to support the demand because there's quite a large demand. The illicit sales of live animals comprises a major part of the overall wildlife trade, uh, which is a multi-billion dollar global black market. I was hoping in my articles to end up getting to talk about the dark web, but in the three articles I read, sadly, I didn't see it, but I'm sure this shit's on the dark web. Some exotic pets are bred in captivity. Um, conservationists often see captive breeding as a way to save wild animals from poaching for, for pets, and many countries allow for the export of captive-bred animals as long as the proper legal documents are obtained. Uh, but countless animals, like I said, are taken from the wild illegally, and after an animal is plucked from the wild, it might be used in a breeding operation, sold locally, maybe smuggled out of the country, or intentionally mislabeled as captive-bred and actually exported legally because of that, like, I guess, like, dudes be helping each other out. <laughs> so I got bored with reading about the trade, <laughs> which is probably what Pete was very excited to learn about. <laughs> so I instead, I find lions super boring. <laughs> I love the joke that I was going to they said, but the lions themselves, I find, I find exotic animals interesting but I don't find lions and tigers, um, tigers, he didn't do it, lions, really. I don't find tigers that interesting, because like, duh, they're dangerous. They're like right. so obviously dangerous. What always intrigued me was chimpanzees, because they don't seem dangerous, but you hear some way crazy horror stories. So I'm pivoting this to talk about the dangers of owning a chimpanzee. <laughs> You might have heard about this. In 2009, a 14-year-old 200-pound pet chimpanzee in Stamford, Connecticut, left a woman in critical condition after mutilating her hands and literally ripping off her face. Mm -hmm. The owner, Sandra Harold, who tried to stop the attack, was I'm also sorry. in... What? Can I just... Uh, can you take that again? Why? Did you just say, the owner? Owner! <laughs> no... I don't know. Okay, but when we play it back. Okay, yeah, I don't know. My, my accent's unruly anymore. The owner. <laughs> the owner, Sandra Harold, tried to stop the attack and was also injured and hospitalized. The victim lived, incidentally. The chimp named Travis was shot and killed by police officers at the scene, but he was apparently, um, prior to that attack, a friendly fixture around the neighborhood. He appeared in a number of television commercials, and he was quite skilled for a chimpanzee. He was able to, I don't know to what degree, but use the computer, bathe in a bathtub, and apparently sip wine from a stemmed glass. 
So why would an allegedly acclimated chimpanzee turn on a human, especially one whom he had known? Travis was reportedly suffering from Lyme disease, which is known to cause fatigue, joint problems, and mental difficulty, including trouble focusing and poor memory in humans. Some have suggested that the attack was actually caused by Xanax, a prescription drug used to treat anxiety disorders in humans, which has side effects that can, but rarely, includes depression, confusion, and problematic behavior. <laughs> Travis's owner had given him Xanax-laced tea the day of the attack. Okay. I wonder why. No one explained why. Because um, it's a so, monkey in captivity. It's depressed. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, yeah. So, um, I'm now going to read some snippets from an interview with Franz de Huajal. Well, well, W-A-A-L. Franz de Wahal, lead biologist. You lived with somebody whose last name was B-A-A-S. We A-A-S? B. <laughs> oh, I said we. I was like, what the hell? That was boss. Okay, fine. Franz de Wahal. I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> You're like, that was boss. <laughs> Frank de Wahal. <laughs> <laughs> lead biologist from the Hure case. Y-E-R-K-E-S? Your case? I don't know. National Primate Research Center. So are captive chimpanzee attacks on humans common? Yes, definitely common. Most of the time they attack through cage bars. They bite off people's fingers. It happens more often than with people who they don't know very well and people who aren't familiar with chimpanzees. But it also happens to many of the scientists and researchers who they know who are now missing fingers. The reason we have them behind bars and zoos and research settings is because chimpanzees are really dangerous. It's to protect us. How strong are chimpanzees? A pro wrestler would not be able to hold a chimpanzee still if they wanted to. Chimpanzee males have been measured as having five times the arm strength as a male human. Even a young chimpanzee of four or five years, you could not hold still if you wanted to. Pound for pound, their muscles are stronger. And adult males like Travis, unless their teeth were filed down, have huge canine teeth. Chimps in captivity show a more aggressive behavior than those in the wild. This I found interesting, and I'm almost like, what? In the wild, they're pretty aggressive. They have warfare among groups where males kill other males, and they have been known to commit infanticide. Why? Uh, aggression is a common part of the chimpanzee behavior, whether it's between or within groups. Uh, they can show tremendous mutilation. They go for the face, they go for the hands and feet, they go for the testicles. To outsiders, they have very nasty behaviors. I want to know why they commit infanticide. So why would a chimp... Marissa, uh, this is your topic? Yeah, you know what? That was in the article, and it was almost time. Because I had done <laughs> half of the research before I fell asleep from gluten, and then I had a scramble to finish it. Uh, what might cause a chimp to attack someone it knows? Chimps are complex, and it's almost impossible to figure out what reason they have for attacking people they know. I just put in, why do chimps calm and finish commit infanticide? Wow, okay. Having a chimp in your home is like having a tiger in your home. It's not really very different. They're both incredibly dangerous. So, Pete, I ask you, would you risk it all to have an exotic animal in your house? I don't think so. If... What wild animal what would some of them kill? Holy fuck. Guys, I gotta stop to read this. 
Infanticide in non-human primates occurs as a result of exploitation when the individuals enacting the infanticide directly benefit from consumption or use of their victim. The individual can become a resource, food, protective buffer against aggression, or a prop to attain maternal experience. So sometimes they eat their fucking babies. Cool. In another article, it says, researchers said that females of some species use strategic promiscuity to stop males from killing their babies. By mating with as many males as possible in a short time, they make it hard to discern the infant paternity. That's gross. Males stop killing offspring as there is a risk that the offspring might be their own. So... I don't find monkeys better than us by any means. Not that I ever want to... I don't like that uh, Q&A that you had there where the guy was just like, monkeys are better. Monkeys? <laughs> oh, monkeys can lift a car. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's horrifying. Um, uh, I don't I'm, like that. I'm probably... No, nah, I think I'd be good with a dog. Yeah, I like doggies. And I want... I want a mutt, and I want a medium-sized to small doggy. Don't want a huge one. Don't want a teeny, teeny one. Yeah. And I think, like, if we were... Ah, uh, you don't want to hear this. Never mind. What? I feel like if we were going to go the route of exotic animals... If, if you were, like, there's a gun to your head and you have to pick an exotic animal, I'd probably go with, like, a bird or something. Why did you say you should have mentioned this? Because I, I know how you feel about birds. Buns to my head? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I thought you were like, ooh, it's too controversial. Actually, you know what? I don't know how you feel about guns to your uh, head. Not cool. <laughs> uh, if I had to have an exotic animal, I'd want, like, none of these aggressive ones. I'd want, like, some obscure, dumb, little, I don't know, sloth. Are sloths dangerous? I don't know. Something that's, like, not a threat to me at all. Yeah. But not a bird, because birds are fucking gross. But, like, Birds and horses are fucking gross. Stop making me try and like them. But, like, you're saying that your decision is based around your security, not necessarily... Yeah. There's not, like, any animal that you'd be interested in. No. Yeah. I don't care. Animals are fine. They're all fine. There's not one that I'm like, oh, I'm so intrigued by your power. I want to have your power so I feel like I have power. Marissa, if you do find yourself one day wanting power faced with a couple of sloths and you're like well one of you is coming home with me yep apparently the two-toed sloth is more aggressive than the three-toed oh i don't want any of them then <laughs> i don't i don't know i would have to do research i the gun to the head i'd be like can i do some research with the gun to my head about what is the least aggressive yeah but my arm's gonna get tired so make it quick <laughs> okay let me google right now Least no, uh, <laughs> aggressive, exotic animal. Like a lizard? No, that, that, it just tells me the worst mammals. The thing that I found most interesting um, related to this was that idea... Oh, I don't know the cockroaches, no. Okay. <laughs> was that... Uh, okay, so I, like I said, I didn't watch the Tiger King documentary. So I don't know how much they get into it. But like... The idea of, yeah, using the exotic animal as some sort of, like, power currency or something. Yeah. And, yeah, like, people were like, oh, my gosh, I'll pay you a bunch of money to hang out with a tiger. That part sounded interesting. So I actually quickly found one article from Italy. <laughs> okay. In which environmental police in the Campania region basically 
they got a bunch of illegal pets. They confiscated a bunch of illegal pets because the mafia were using them for like to, to various, kill people or what? For various reasons. Yes, they were exploiting shop owners. You know, like you see on TV where they're like, "We're gonna pay up for protection." And uh, basically, they had a crocodile, and they were like, "If you don't pay up, Ew, we're gonna I feed you to it. the crocodile." I hate that. But like. The other thing that you have to think about with all of these, right, is what do I do if blank gets loose? And in this yeah. particular case, yeah, the crocodile got loose, so. Well, in Tiger King, though they don't expand upon it, the last podcast on the left is an episode about it, which I really appreciated. There was a guy, not not Joe Exotic, he was just talking about cautionary tales, who had, like, like uh, basically he owned, like, a zoo, but I don't even think, I don't even think it was open to the public. He had bears, he had tigers, he had lions. He killed himself and then let them all loose in a neighborhood so there were just fucking bears and tigers on the fucking street that the cops had to kill so that shit's terrifying another guy had a siberian tiger outside of his house for you know like intimidation reasons like you have to get past this tiger to get to me oh was okay and then the funny one is that (laughs) police seized a pair of uh, gray parrots, and they discovered that they played a role in the drug trade. Now, I don't know if this means that they played a role in the drug trade, but um, it does mean that they learned some things about the drug trade. When a veterinarian brought a ringing telephone to one of the parrots, it would imitate a human voice saying, Hello, how much do you need? What? Oh my god, And then if parrots became distressed or someone tried to take them out of their cage, the birds had the response ready. They would say, now I'll shoot you. Oh, my God. That's so great. (laughs) That's so fucked up. I love it. It's so weird. I love that so much. Thank you. (laughs) That was good. So, yeah, this is weird. Yeah. I think the whole entire thing, especially for somebody like you or me, is like... uh, I don't think that we are the types of people who want to, like, keep things that don't want to be with us. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so, exactly. And so it seems like in all of these, you have to do that. You have to be willing to sort of keep something in captivity. And I don't I don't know that we would want to... I mean, if I had a dog and the dog wanted to run away because it saw a cat, I'd be like, no, dog, you can't do that. But, like, other than that, that's about as far as I'm going to go, right? Yeah, <laughs> if, exactly. If I come home and the dog's bags are packed and sitting by the door i'm not going to be like please stay i'm going to be like you know what you do you <laughs> so which i'd say why did you buy the dog bags i mean did what you... if he bought it himself oh okay true i'll accept that use my amazon account <laughs> yeah you know what that's true so that's my topic very nice plugs Oh, you know what? I want to plug uh, the Y'all Heard Crossword, which comes out today on our Patreon page. So head on over Yay. to patreon.com slash y'all heard. I don't even know all the answers. Did you? No, I only looked at the screenshot. I have to. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't look at the whole thing. But even it's, in the uh, screenshot, I didn't know all the answers. It's 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 fun. Okay, cool. <laughs> if you like crossword puzzles, it's fun. Um, and... There are no solutions. Like, I didn't provide any solutions. So if you want any answers, you are going to have to DM at Vandal yeah. on Instagram, and she will get the answers for you. Yeah, you whores. <laughs> anyway, my only plug is 
if you're not too squeamish, the last podcast on the left book called Last Book on the Left is very engaging, and I recommend it. Yeah, that's it, guys. Stay safe. You should also consider following at Riz Vandal on Instagram or at Pete Abides on Instagram, just in case we do have another get-together. We were sharing most of the um, reminders and info about that through our Instagram stories. So just in yeah. case. Yeah. We're not going to go for uh, five hours again, but we no. will Sorry, guys. Go, go for some time. It's nice to catch up with people. Yeah, it was great to see all you and guys. And meet new came. people. Yeah. If you don't know us, but you listen, I mean, feel free. But again, you need to like, how, you're not going to know unless you follow us or something. Yeah, and people brought friends too. So it wasn't oh, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'm going to be the only one at this party. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. Pete didn't know a lot of the people. So there was lots of people that it was the first time for other people. So stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Yeah, hi. Hi.